Welcome to the Positive Impact Podcast, where we dive into the world of movers, shakers, and changemakers, creating a positive impact on the world. This is your host, Alexandra Black Pollock, and together we're going to tackle real issues, discovering how we can make the world a better place. Thanks for joining us for another Stories from the Field episode where we're connecting with different people who are able to drive home the impact of organizations and their work around the globe. If you're looking for tactical ways to move forward and make this type of impact in your endeavors, then you need to check out Journey to Social Entrepreneurship, an entire event designed to harness the power of service and mood forward towards successful social enterprise. Check that out and unlock all of the recordings, my free gift to you at journeytosocialentrepreneurship.com. And with that, we've got some incredible stories on the line today. Earlier this week, we connected with Daniel Yu and his incredible company that allows health clinics around the globe to update supplies simply by inputting numbers through a regular flip phone. Today, we have Katie Lichter, who helped implement an innovative Relief Watch project in Central America, joining us. Katie, thank you so much. Hi, thank you for having me. Now, you actually connected with Relief Watch in Nicaragua while you were working with the Global Brigades. Can you tell us a little bit about the project that you were working on? Yeah, absolutely. So, Daniel and I connected when I was working for Global Brigades at their international office in Nicaragua. Um, And so we were hosting uh, university students to come down to Central America, primarily Honduras, Nicaragua, and Panama, and they would help with one-week mobile clinics. So these would be in the rural areas within these countries. Um, And the students that came down from the United States would bring all the pharmaceuticals that were needed for these mobile clinics. Um, And Daniel's project, Relief Wash, was great because we were coordinating thousands of volunteers who are bringing in pharmaceuticals for these clinics and we needed a way to be able to track what was coming in but then also what was being used while out in community. Um, So it was a great way for us to track that as well as we used it for our community health workers. Now one of the main things that Daniel targets within his program is the fact that there's a lot of different challenges in the countries that he serves. What kind of systems did you use before you implemented Relief Watch? Before we use Relief Watch, ooh, that's tricky. Um, Before that, we were mainly doing everything by phone um, and just communication through our team. So we have an extensive logistics team, um, which helped out. And certainly they would be in constant communication about the pharmaceuticals going to the clinics. But where we really needed more information was about our community health workers. So in between um, brigades or the mobile clinics, it can be three to six months. Um, And so these community health workers are trained to be a sustainable way to bring healthcare solutions to the communities in absence of brigades. Um, They do the smaller follow-up with with the communities. Um, And so they are staffed with limited supplies. They're almost a first aid sense. You know, they're the ones who can who can handle the minor details. And um, before this, we before his system, we didn't have a way to know what supplies and what medications they had. 
Um, and a lot of times they're two to three hours away from where our staff is located. Our staff is located in the big cities within the countries. And so when they were low on supplies or medications, a lot of times it was a frantic call and it really can take more than a day sometimes to get medications and supplies to them because it, it's two to three hours. But, you know, in countries like that, when it rains, you can have a lot of issues getting out there. Um, so by tracking this with his system, we were able to foresee any uh, stockouts or any low supplies that they had. Not only are we bringing uh, aid to these people every three to six months, but now we're able to do it over a sustained amount of time. Not only does that sound super time intensive, it's also very ineffective, especially around a field like medicine. You really want the most up-to-date, effective systems to help people when they need help. Absolutely. And that's what was so nice. Um, and a lot of the a lot of the issues that we were seeing in country too require constant follow-up. Um, so things like parasitic diseases, they're really easy to eliminate but they need medications maybe once every month or every six months. Um, so we found incredible results from being able to provide sustained relief. When we talked with Daniel, he was describing a lot of times these rural communities just don't have either access to internet or computers. Is that what you were seeing as well? Absolutely. Um, most of the community members didn't have um, access to internet or even to phones uh, because it requires the government to put in a phone line. But what's funny now is that everyone has a cell phone um, because it only requires a few dollars to upload minutes. So it was re really what we were able to do is to tap into that and utilize a resource which they already had um, because we want to be looking at the communities and not looking at the deficits that are there, but actually looking at what resources do they have and how can we take that and um, enable, you know, create impact off of that. So they already have phones. Well, let's use those phones. Let's use that for something else. We can now tie that to their health and their supplies of pharmaceuticals. I absolutely love this framing. Let's not focus on the deficits, but really utilize the systems that are already in place. Uh, for any social entrepreneur, that is just such a great way to frame any problem and really get innovative as far as a solution. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, you ended up actually leading the implementation for one of ReliefWatch's projects. Can you tell us a little bit about what that project was? Yeah. So as I mentioned before, um, we run mobile clinics in Honduras, Nicaragua, and Panama. And so what we did was create warehouses, um, which was in the main city in each one of these countries. Um, and we had our pharmacy staff create a warehouse where all the medications are kept when they're not out in clinics, on these mobile clinics. Um, and then every time students came down, then we had, we had them put their, their pharmaceuticals into the warehouse, into the system. So you know, into the cloud system so we knew what was coming into country. And then every time they went on a mobile clinic, then we also tracked what came, what went out and then what came back. And so by keeping track of what came back, we were actually able to see what medications were utilized in that clinic. Um, and so 
when they went out for clinic, we got to track things and make sure that there was no stockouts. But also a unique aspect of this is that we were actually able to see what was utilized and track diseases in a sense. Because if we know what medications were utilized in that community, we can track that over time. And by knowing the population and the families that are there, we're able to see if there's an increase or a decrease over time in diseases. And this is really important in parasitic diseases because we're trying effectively to eliminate these parasitic diseases. They're very easy to eliminate with continual follow-up. And so we were able to see if what we were doing was actually paying off and we were getting the outcomes that we wanted. What a fantastic natural byproduct of tracking medicines is that you're actually able to track those diseases. That's something that was one of those happy consequences that was probably unintended by solving the original problem that Daniel reached out to solve. Absolutely. Uh, I don't think that was Daniel's intention. When he originally started, he had learned that 40% of pharmacies in developing countries don't have the medications they need. But by implementing his system, he was able to figure out that you can track not only supplies and medications, but you can use this to track diseases. Um, and I think that's something that not only Relief Watch, but just in general, the medical community and the developing community, they're all trying to move to towards that system of tracking outcomes because we all have the best of intentions, but now we need to make sure those intentions are being followed up on and we're getting those good outcomes. So it's been a really exciting development for Relief Watch. It's also really unique the way that you're able to not only track them, but also work towards prevention, which is something the medical community is always striving for. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. For example, one of them is uh, river blindness. And so this is the leading cause of blindness around the world. So one of the unique things is that if you give preventative medication for parasites to children or to individuals, it, even if they don't have the disease, we can prevent it down the road. As someone who's so plugged into the global health community and seeing a natural byproduct of where Relief Watch was able to help address kind of almost an unintended challenge, what other challenges in these communities do you think Relief Watch has the capabilities to address? Yeah, I think Relief Watch is able to manage resources. And then furthermore, I think we can also um, help with the resources um, and money that's put into this. So a lot of times when we have very little information about a community or a clinic, we usually don't know how many, how many individuals are in that area or how much of that supplies or, or of the drug to send down. Um, and a lot of times we're actually overspending on the pharmaceuticals. And so when a study was done, they found that 58% of government facilities in Uganda, for example, were holding expired medications. Um, this can range up to um, $1.5 million to $2 million. Whoa, uh, that's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. And for, for NGOs that a lot of times are based off of donations, every dollar certainly counts. And so we can make sure that that we are um, keeping things lean and that we're utilizing all of the inputs, but then also take back any medication that's not used and make sure that gets shifted to another community. One of the things that actually is really hard for smaller communities is to figure out what to do with leftover medication. And a lot of times that is 
uh, stored and put kind of on the back shelf. And then when new medication comes in, they use the new medication as opposed to the old medication. So by using the system, we're just able to make sure that resources are simply shifted to another community in the country that can utilize it. Not only making the system leaner, but also drastically increasing the efficiency and effectiveness of systems throughout the entire world. I mean, it's so simple when you sit down and look at it, but the impact is obviously super dramatic for these rural communities. Right, right. It's really exciting. It was hard to find a way to track this before because in rural areas, there was just no way to get this information. The technology wasn't there. But with something as simple as mobile phones, which everyone has, has really enabled us to get that information and make things much leaner. Now, in your previous response, you mentioned you know, a lot of the struggles with Uganda in particularly. And I was so excited to hear you walk into that because you are actually going to be spearheading an East Africa research project in the upcoming year. Can you tell us a little bit about what you have on tap? Yeah, yeah. This project I'm very excited to be moving into. Um, So Relief Watch is partnering with World Health Organization, Envision, and the Ministry of Health in Uganda. And what we're looking at is um, helping to eliminate neglected tropical diseases. So there's a goal to eliminate 11 neglected tropical diseases in Uganda by the year 2020. And the way that they're doing this is through mass drug administration. They're giving everyone in the districts medications for parasitic diseases. And they can actually eliminate these diseases by handing them out to everyone. So when you're giving medications to virtually everyone in the country or in the rural parts of the country, the logistics of it gets very complicated. And you have a lot of stockouts, you have oversupply in one community and undersupply in another community. So the really exciting thing that we're doing is we're going to use Relief Watch's system to actually help track the pharmaceutical supply management for this. What an absolutely perfect application and what Relief Watch was really designed for. Uh, But I do have a question. Mm -hmm. Uh, Can you tell us what is one neglected tropical disease that you guys will be looking to eradicate? Um, Yeah. So one neglected tropical disease um, is trachoma. And this is actually the world's leading cause of preventable blindness. Um, And it's primarily found in rural areas that have poor living conditions and limited access to clean water. And children are usually the ones who are most susceptible to this. Um, And if not treated, it actually causes scarring on the eyelid and it causes the eyelashes to be forced inwards and scratch the eye. And that's what leads to blindness. Well, it is definitely going to be a much better community with all of those different types of diseases completely gone. Katie, we are so excited to hear updates from you as you administer this program this coming summer. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me today. Appreciate it. Well, movers and shakers, I hope you enjoyed that absolutely fascinating look into global healthcare and medical clinics around the world. I have to admit, this really isn't a topic I knew anything about going into this episode series, but it is absolutely fascinating from what they're doing with preventative care, trying to eradicate river blindness, 
There are some phenomenal individuals out there and so excited to have Katie and earlier this week, Daniel, talk about what is going on in that space. Per usual, all of the resources mentioned in today's episode, you can find at positiveimpactpodcast.com slash relief watch. Until next time, keep doing your part to make the world a better place. <music>